welcome back to the Loving the Fight Marriage podcast. It's so great to have you guys with us today. I want to start off with a fun quote. We're not sure exactly where it came from, but it's kind of funny and we'll probably, some of you will agree with this quote it's that we so found. It's so true is what it is. They say families are like fudge, mostly sweet with a few nuts. <laughs> yeah, that describes yes, most families yep. in the world today, right? I'm, yes, exactly. I'm hoping that quote will kind of give you a hint of what we're going to talk about today. Well, today's podcast is titled, Help, Your Family is Driving Me Crazy. And this topic came from someone recently who asked us to actually do a podcast on extended family and how those relationships can bring a lot of conflict into marriage if you don't have set boundaries that both spouses agree upon and stick to. This is actually a really practical and applicable topic for marriage. Man, it's so important and relevant because, I mean, what marriage, and especially when you add kids into it, doesn't deal with extended right. family? They all pretty much do. I mean, there would be a rare exception, but 99.9% of couples deal yes. with family. And sometimes they're up close and personal and it drives them crazy. So why is this a practical topic? It's because when a person gets married, you don't just marry their spouse, you marry into their entire family. (laughs) And we have heard so many crazy stories about extended family and some actual nightmare relationships that couples have to deal with. And I'm sure you guys know those and heard those stories as well. When you say I do to your spouse, you also kind of say I do to your spouse's family. They now become your family. Don, what you just said is kind of like a time machine and it takes me back to our wedding night. Remember I had a crazy cousin who was like 15 years older than you and I and he danced with you on our wedding night and he was just nuts right. like funny nuts but crazy and um you know you just kind of think of family members when you hear uh what you just mentioned yeah it was my first time meeting that family member actually and i was a little bit taken back but he's a nice guy but just a little bit eccentric don't you think absolutely well travis when you married me you suddenly inherited a mom and a dad in law right you also inherited three more brothers and three more sisters cuz i come from a really large family Not only did you inherit my siblings, but you inherited 16 nieces and nephews, and we just continue to grow and grow and grow. And I love being from a large family, but it has definitely brought some interesting dynamics into place. Yeah, and it's so large. And I don't know if you've mentioned it, but I feel like at Christmas, there's at least 50 people. Right. I know when I married you, I inherited a mother and father-in-law and a brother and a sister and four nieces and nephews. So with all of these people and two completely opposite environments that we grew up in, because our environments were so different, and hundreds of personalities and opinions, there is numerous reasons why conflict can happen. Conflict with extended family can cause a lot of conflict in your marriage. And I know it has caused conflict in our marriage in the past. Yeah, it absolutely has. And some of that conflict, you know, we've been able to reconcile it quickly and figure it out. And other times that conflict has been difficult and painful and took a long time to figure out. Yeah, we definitely had to grow through the process and learn how to deal with each other's families. And I'm very thankful for the family, though, that God has given me. But I know, Travis, there is that one couple that we can think of, and we're not going to say their names just to protect their identity, but they 
have a crazy mother-in-law, someone who is so <laughs> intense, just very up and down. She is just a very difficult person to get along. And this mother-in-law caused a ton of conflict in their marriage. And this new couple had to set up a lot of new boundaries in order just to have their marriage survive because of the conflict that they had with this yeah. mother-in-law. And the worst part is, the one mother-in-law did not get along with the other mother-in-law, oh, which it's created this whole new dilemma. Huge, uh, you know, kind of like the Hatfields and the yep. McCoys, almost like a war took place right in front of us. Uh, certainly they weren't related to us, but just watching that. And really the issue was the mother-in-law was controlling. Very controlling. I mean, yep. super, super controlling, crazy big personality. And she just wanted to be in charge. And it was tough for the adult children. I mean, they get the adult. Adult Children of the Year Award. They really do. And then, Don, you and I, as we were preparing for this episode, we immediately thought of this other couple where the wife married into this family and the father-in-law. Such a unique individual. I mean, this guy is known all over town. He's such a challenging individual, very non-traditional in his role as father. It's almost like the kids are parenting yeah, him yep. and she married into that family. Yep. And wow, has that caused some serious frustration and just difficulties for her and her uh, spouse. Well, according to marriage.com in August 2020, the three most common reasons couples fight. Are you guys ready for this? Here's what they said. Number one, lack of communication. But number two, they said uh, the reason that couples fight most, number two, is extended family and friends. And then they went on to say, number three, lack of physical or emotional intimacy. And that's really what we're talking about in this episode, that number two reason why most couples fight, and that is extended family and friends. And that's why we have titled this podcast episode, Help Your Family is Driving Me Crazy. So if you needed this podcast, here you go. We're going to give you some tips to try to help you navigate through this tough situation. Yeah, and as we've thought about it, and certainly we've dealt with the tough family members on both sides of our family, yeah, haven't we Different phases, different seasons. So why can extended family cause so much angst and problems in a marriage right. for a couple? Well, partly because the family you marry into is the family of your spouse's origin. This means that your spouse will naturally feel conflicted at times between their allegiance to you and their marriage, but also the family that they grew up with. I think oftentimes that's why we get defensive because they're our family. They're who we grew up with, the ones that we know best. Yeah, and I think that's a great segue, Don, into our next point, which is your spouse is going to understand their family's culture, traditions, and communication in a way that may take you a long, long time right. to understand. Yep. It's where they came from. Yep. It's their family. Yeah, but it's what they're familiar with or what I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with my family. And another reason why there may be conflict is because your spouse's family may likely have a very different idea on how you should live 
live, grow your marital relationship, and even raise your kids. Why? They may subconsciously figure that if their style of living and parenting didn't work, you would not have married their child. And the problem (laughs) comes when they try to assert or pressure their beliefs onto you and your spouse. They could even potentially, and I don't like this, subvert your parenting to your your kids, your children. And that's not good. I mean, you know, if behind mom and dad's back, they are undermining mom and dad's authority That would be awful. And this is kind of a strange one, but why does conflict occur? Well, it might be because your spouse may come from a difficult family and they're the ones that don't want to engage with their own family any longer. And we would in our world say that they are estranged from their family. And this separation, of course, can create awkwardness and tension within your marriage, within your family, with your kids, trying to explain to your kids why they don't get to see the rest of mom or dad's family. You may also have to work through all the bitterness and resentment brought on from growing up in their dysfunctional family that is now being carried by one of the marriage partners into the marriage. Even though the family ties are severed, it doesn't mean that the residue of dysfunction has left the mind and heart of your spouse. And we're just stating things that you guys already know, but we're trying to identify and articulate why there might be some conflict in the marriage. Well, today we actually just want to give you a few things to remember when trying to keep peace in the family. We know that there is conflict when it comes to joining two families together because you have separate opinions, separate personalities, separate environments. You have so many things and you're trying to merge now into one. So it does naturally bring some conflict. So again, just a few things to remember when keeping peace in the family. The first thing is this. You always have to remember that your spouse is number one. Once you say I do, your spouse now becomes your number one. Your marriage and your relationship with your spouse is now the greatest relationship you have and deserves the most attention and energy. Your spouse now has veto power and vice versa. We always say that, Travis, you have given me veto power and I have given you veto power in when it comes to family. Yeah, and I think we need to hit the brakes here, uh, Don, and just say, honestly, if you're putting priority or giving preferential treatment to your extended family over your spouse, who's right there in front of you day in and day out, you need to stop. You are ruining your marriage by doing that. Now, we're not talking about cutting off your in-laws or cutting off your mom and dad, that kind of thing, but stop putting preferential treatment over your um, spouse. Yep. Again, your spouse is always number one. They say that family unity begins with you and I. So the letters you and I, but look, family unity begins with you and I. That's so true. Travis, that's what it comes. It begins with me and you. Yeah, you and I. we don't know who said that, but we kind of like that. Yep. Unity, you and I, it's really where it starts between the two of us in a marriage. It is. It's the two of us, husband and wife, working together in marriage. And that's going to grow the bond and strengthen unity for the future. The picture of unity for a husband and wife that the Bible gives is number one. The family line goes from two to one new family that is forever united together. Yeah, it's crazy because God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything with words. And then when he described, you know, the the relationship between a husband and wife, he started to use numbers. He did, yep. And he said, okay, there's no longer two, but there's one. Yep. In the Bible, in Ephesians 5.31, it says this, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife 
life and the two will become one flesh. Again, you become one flesh. Yeah, we want to turn up the power on the microscope as we put those that scripture that you just read, Don, really before our eyes and our ears. And it's the word united. It says they will be united. Yeah. That's that unity that we're talking about, but that brings the one flesh. Right. Our goal today is just to give you a few tips when it comes to keeping peace in the family. Yeah. After all, the episode title is help. Your yep. family is driving me crazy and we want to give you help. Another thing that we feel is really important is to set clear boundaries. Setting agreed upon boundaries is okay and it is very needed. Talk things out ahead of situations and set boundaries that you are willing to keep. Some examples of these boundaries may be, you know what, how many times will they come visit or will you go visit them? Maybe you need to set a clear start time and an end time to any time that you see your in-laws or your extended family. Also, what about the boundary of just having them respect your rules with your kids? I know once you have kids, conflict may even come greater because of a lack of respect for boundaries that you may set with your own kids. Yeah, I think a good example would be, you know, parents inserting themselves with their adult children, like pulling them aside would be one thing and saying, look, we don't agree with your parenting, which would probably not be very appropriate. But right. what would really not be appropriate is disagreeing with your adult children, how they're parenting your grandkids in front of the grandkids. That would be terrible. And so really pulling back and just uh, observing and supporting your kids. If you guys are looking for extra tips in this area, there's a great book that Travis and I just finished reading, Doing Life with Your Adult Children. And there is a chapter in there specifically on just respecting the rules that, you know, your kids may have for their own kids. And it's by Jim Burns, but an excellent book. Yeah, he's a great author. Those are just a few boundaries that may need to be set, but I know there are many others, but just sit down with your spouse and think of boundaries that you guys can agree upon. Again, the Bible says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. And again, that's that numerical equation, God using numbers saying it's no longer two, it's one. But we want to focus right now, we're kind of shifting it from the united and the two to one flesh, where it starts off and it says, for this reason, a man will leave. For this reason, a man will leave. And that's interesting that he leaves his father and mother. And that's a really good, healthy thing. Not to do away with extended family or cut in-laws out of the picture of your new family. But I think that the key is to have that separation for your own family, for you and your spouse and your kids. So how do you balance that? How do you manage that with your extended family? Well, certainly, again, you make sure your immediate family has the priority or your spouse. But then here's what you want to do. You want to try to be as fair as possible with both sides of family, you know, this your spouse and your family. So if you want to hang out with your family, remember your spouse probably wants to hang out with their family. So what do you do? You take turns and make things equal and fair. When it comes to holidays, 
be fair or find something that can be a win-win for both families. Yeah. If you can't, you know, you could split Christmas at one half of the day at one family, one half of the day at the other family, or like in our family, Don, we do every other year right. is Christmas yep. at our house. And, you know, when we do it with our families and it's not our year for Christmas, then we do it a week or two earlier. Right. But I think the key is find a balance that works. I know, Travis, when we lived away, when we would drive back for holidays, we would make sure that we split the days that we were home exactly in half. And my family would get half of the days and your family would get the other half of the days. We just felt like we needed to be fair. We do know a couple where the husband, they spend all of the holidays with the husband's family every single holiday. The wife never gets to spend the actual holiday with her family. And unfortunately, it's definitely caused some conflict in her heart, but a little bit of resentment. She does love her husband's family, but it's caused some resentment and he just needs to make it more fair. You know, Don, it's easy to give up when it comes to extended family and the pressure that can put on our marriage. But one thing that has been helpful to us is keep working at the relationships. We would suggest that to you, please do not write anybody off no. if you can help it. Try your best to keep working at the relationships and trying to make those relationships better. Remember, your family of origin is most normal to you. They make sense to you. They might not make sense to your spouse. They might not even make sense to your own children, but they oftentimes will make sense to you. Singer uh, Anita Baker, she once said this, she said, no one's family is normal. Normalcy is a lie invented by advertising agencies to make the rest of us feel inferior. <laughs> That's a great lie. And it works. <laughs> it does. It makes us feel inferior. We feel inferior. I mean, there's so many perfect looking families out there. And let's be honest, nobody's right. normal. There is no Instagram or Facebook families that always look that good. They don't exist. Nope. Romans 12, 18 in the Bible, it says this, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That would be your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your spouse's distant cousins, everybody live as peaceably with everyone as you can. And the reason that we are saying to keep working at the relationships, because it is beneficial to have good relationships with your extended family. Remember, family is a good thing. It's not a burden. Families and kids are actually healthier if they have good relationships with their grandparents. Grandparents love them like crazy. They can share in the responsibility of some of their care, and they can also be a strong, positive voice and influence in your children's life. You guys, family is a benefit, so work hard at those relationships. Charis, I know I'm very grateful that our kids have a nana and a papa and a grandma and a grandpa. They have taught them so many things, and they're a listening ear that they can always call, and they know that they will get unconditional love from. When trying to keep the peace, stick to neutral topics if needed. If you can see that certain topics such as politics or finances or sports or anything else, avoid these topics. Always remember the relationship is worth more than winning an argument or expressing your opinion. Yeah, you win I, nothing from that. I think so often we think, well, I have a right to speak. I have freedom of speech. I can say whatever I want. You can, but you might destroy yep. your family unity. You might split your family apart. So here's what you need to do. You got to bite your tongue. You just got to keep your thoughts and expressions to yourself that, you know, the ones that really don't they matter. They don't matter They're just at all. lame 
sideline opinions that aren't relevant to life and especially your family life. And I think of when we get into arguments, Don, we don't want to bring somebody else into our arguments. And we want to encourage you never ever practice what we call triangulation. If you and your spouse get into an argument, don't call your mom or dad and put them in the middle. We know of a couple, they they call their mom and dad all the time. And what kind of a burden that puts on the mom and dad. You see, your mom and dad will always be biased towards you and not your spouse. They're the ones that raised you. Also, you don't want to taint the opinion that your parents have of your spouse. And then, you know, by involving your parents, you begin to portray your spouse in the wrong light. This is so dysfunctional. And by the way, if you're a mom and dad and your kids are calling you all the time and they're fighting, don't answer the phone. Let them figure it out. Let them finally wise up and hire a marriage family therapist and get it worked out. You are not their therapist. I think the most important tip that we can give you guys and something that we practice in our own marriage is to pray for your spouse's family and your family. You guys, I have a list that I have in my phone and every morning I pull it out and my family's on it and Travis's family's on it. We pray for each other's family. We have watched family members who are difficult, mean, and out of control be changed by God's power through prayer. Don't ever underestimate the power of your prayers for your family. Pray for your families and your extended families. And if you're having some rough relationships with them right now, just pray that God can restore them because God can do that. You nailed it, Don. And why? Because God is listening. And when you pray and you have faith and God is listening, you know what? Jesus said you can pray and ask that mountain to be moved and it will be moved. Love that, Don. Pray, pray, pray. Well, guys, on the flip side, some of you have been blessed with some of the most amazing family members and in-laws that you married into these families. And we can think of one couple, I think you know who I'm talking about, their uh, family that she married into. They're incredible. They're unbelievable. They're awesome. We would love to jump in at times and be a part of their family. I feel like I'm very blessed. I know, Travis, I adore your parents. They're great. They're your mom is so helpful and kind and loving and your dad, you can call him for anything and he's there to answer and help whenever we need them. They're always there and I'm thankful for them. And I know that they pray for us. They're another couple that prays for us and I'm grateful for my in-laws. Yeah. And I think that's really what we're talking about. If you have great in-laws, celebrate them, engage with them, connect with them and be grateful to God for them because there are many, many families who either only have one set of positive families or none at all. I know of couples where they don't connect with either side and they're all alone. Why? Because both sides of the family are so dysfunctional. So celebrate the good family members that you have and engage with them. So we know that, yes, there are difficult relationships that can come with in-laws, but there are some amazing relationships that can come with extended family and in-laws. So that's what we're praying for, that you will be able to have those relationships that bring life and are a blessing. Well, hey guys, we want to challenge you before we go. Here's the thing. Do what you need to protect your family, but work on those relationships with your in-laws. Include them, include them, and be thankful for the in-laws or the extended family that are amazing and incredible. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.